a very early look at the top prospects from the 2024 NHL draft class, all coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. We're co-hosts here at Locked On. And uh, we're going to be breaking down the 2024 NHL draft class. Sebastian, what's your thoughts, kind of your early thoughts on this draft class and what we can kind of expect so far? Some very early thoughts. going to preface it with very because... Uh, I have not scouted too, too much of this class just yet. Yeah. Uh, but I think as a whole, it is weaker than the 2023 class by a fair margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, though that being said, there are some really, really high-end players to be had in this class. I think mm-hmm. Macklin Celebrini, Ivan uh, Demidov, and, o- and Cole Eiserman are a pretty solid top three at the moment. And uh, they're all potential game breakers. Uh, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of skill in this class. It just, I don't, it, it, at least in my early viewings, it hasn't compared to 2023, both in the elite level talent or in that depth of A and B level uh, prospects throughout the draft class. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there are, there are a couple names that very early on were kind of touted as high end kind of prospects for the draft. I'm thinking of guys like Aaron Kivihari, Kansa Hellenius, Sam Dickinson. There's a couple other names, Berkeley Cat. And we're going to talk about all these guys in a bit more in detail. But before we get into any of it, just make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a comment, leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next, uh, what kind of topics you want us to cover. Even if you have any questions about prospects, just let us know. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's always very much appreciated. So We'll get right into it here with the prospective number one pick in this uh, upcoming draft uh, in Macklin Celebrini. He's played most of the he's played the entire year last year in uh, Chicago with the Chicago Steel in the USHL. Played really, really well, put up some very decent points. He'll be heading to Boston University uh, to continue his uh, kind of progression. So first, what's your take on Celebrini from what you've seen? And also, how is the fit for him in the NCAA uh, for his draft year? Oh, I think he's going to be very good in the NCAA as a rookie, yeah. uh, as a freshman. Uh, he is really well-rounded, and I mean that in like a really high-end way, not as in he can do everything well. He's really, really good at almost everything on the ice. Yeah. He is an explosive skater. He plays with real power and finesse and intelligence. Uh, he can drive the net. He, he has a great shot. He flashes impressive playmaking. Uh at BU, I think he's going to do pretty damn well playing with some other high-end players, such as Lane Hudson and Tom Belander. There's going to be a lot of skill in that lineup, and I think it's going to serve him very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, good as Chicago is, usually in the USHL, uh, he wasn't surrounded by the most skill apart from Jaden Perron in that lineup. There were other good, good USHL players, but not players I can quite compare with the teammates he's going to have at Boston University. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a fantastic uh, kind of fit for him at BU, especially. Um, going to be having lots of looks at Celebrini as the year goes on. Uh, but moving on to pick number two, I think Ivan Demidov really kind of 
solidified himself as a second overall pick. I really like the guys that are after him here, but for me, Demidov really made a difference in what he's able to do um, on and off the ice. I mean, he he's just so, so skillful, so crafty with the puck. There's nothing that's outside of the limits of possibilities uh, for Demidov in terms of stick handling ability. He's able to twist and turn his way through through checks effortlessly, constantly finds ways to access the slot, just insane hands. And on top of that, he's got the finishing ability. He's got the playmaking ability. I mean, he's just, there's so much to love about Ivan Demidov. He spent most of the year with SKA St. Petersburg in the MHL. Um, we'll probably get some looks at the KHL this year. Uh, at the pro level so that's one player to look uh, forward to he's kind of you know we love to compare players from the same countries uh for me the way i see Demidov is i see a player whose skill level is higher than matt famishkov's but whose scoring instincts are a bit lower um at the end of the day i think that Demidov overall is a better prospect than michkov and won't fall very much further than maybe third fourth overall uh but just great value there uh i think that Demidov has kind of Early on, has kind of separated himself from the pack, but Cole Eichmann, a third overall from the NTDP, is about as good as a consolation prize, a third overall, as you can get, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's interesting this season because we're going to see the NTDP star player being a power forward winger, whereas in the past couple drafts, power forward wingers have been selected inside the top 10 from the NTDP but yeah. they've been more complimentary pieces. I'm thinking of guys like Cutter Gauthier, who has transitioned to center, but he was playing mainly wing in the NTDP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just this past draft, Ryan Leonard, another really high-end player. But Cole Eiserman is a different tier of power forward. He mm-hmm. has unbelievable scoring instincts. He is uh, one of the best off-puck players that I've seen in the last... Like, in the last couple drafts, uh, he finds off at space in the offensive zone extraordinarily well, and he has a ridiculous shot. He can score from any angle, from any release, yep. uh, quite easily, and it's very, very impressive against junior level competition. Uh, that said, he's also very powerful. This is genuinely a power forward, and while he's five foot eleven, I believe he plays with that strength and that innate power, and he like will use it to make things happen and to access space and to just go through defenses rather than going around them. And I think he's excellent. Uh, that said, I don't think his on puck game really quite compares to guys like Celebrini or Demidov just yet. I think mm-hmm. uh, he can fade into the background a little bit with the puck, maybe default to some very, uh, some, some rather simple plays for a player of his caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whereas guys like Demidov and Celebrini will uh, be extraordinarily dynamic with the puck and Eisenman still has to get there, but this is a really high end prospect for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, fully agreed on Eisenman. The thing is with Eisenman is you're getting a player who fits the mold of so many NHL teams needs desperately. I mean, a lot of teams are looking for that power forward kind of caliber of player that, that, that kind of mold of player. And it's very rare that we get one of those that is true top line upside type um, and, and for me, that's certainly Cole, Cole Eiserman. Like you mentioned, the goal scoring ability is insane. The off buck movement in the offensive zone, his ability to find space is insane. So there's just so much to love out of Eiserman. Um, But how does this top three kind of compare to previous top threes? Um, you know, not talking about 2023 because that's just a whole new ball game in terms of, of top sure. threes. But just going back to 2022, I feel like this is slightly, definitely a slightly better top. Three. I agree. 
Yeah, I think that I think that the top three is stronger than 2022. Uh, what I've seen of like the top 15 has perhaps been a bit, bit weaker than 2022. Mm-hmm. But I think that the actual high end skill here, like I think Celebrini is a better first overall prospect than Slavkovsky or Wright were uh, mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Uh, or or even Cooley. Um, and Demidov, I think, has more skill than any player selected in the top 10 in 2022 so uh definitely some really high-end pieces to be had here absolutely um quick word on berkeley Catton, who's a a, i'm a big fan of his game watch a lot of him with spokane he's a really good tight quarter score you see him work the the net front and the kind of six feet around the net extremely well he's able to lift pucks up into the into the top corner from in tight he's able to make quick little passes and under pressure um when being kind of manned by a defenseman he can kind of dig deep and make a pass to the slot or or make a low to high pass that kind of thing he's got great pace of play great intensity he's extremely smart um the skill level isn't at the rate of Eisenman Demidov or Celebrini I, I think you know Eisenman is by far a better scorer um Demidov's by far a better stick handler Celebrini is just so well-rounded overall that just the overall skill set is better than than Berkeley Catton's but in Catton you're getting a very smart very intense and very quick um center who can do a bit of everything for you which is great value then you got Consta Hellenius who's just an absolute dynamo with the puck um Great skater. His rush patterns are really solid. Doesn't kind of straight line everywhere. Likes to move around and find new lanes. Um, and he's surprisingly physical for his size as well. You know, he's a, he's a quick and skillful guy, but um, at 5'10", 160-ish pounds, he's still able to dig deep, win puck battles, uh, win board battles, uh, throw a hit or two, that kind of thing. So a good top five, I'd say, for this draft. There's a lot to look forward to, but we'll get into kind of the deeper end of this kind of top 15 for the 2024 draft. Uh, we'll get to it very soon. Just first and foremost, I just want Sebastian to talk us through our sponsor, FanDuel. Uh, take it away. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first betting amount back, up to $200. That's right, up to $200 in bonus bets just for putting down 20 bucks at the beginning. That's $200 that you can spend on anything from money line to over and unders to who you think is going to get the first home run in the game. All on an app that's safe, secure, easy to use, and best of all, you get your winnings instantly. There's no better place to bet MLB than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today uh, and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so for our second segment, we'll go through kind of the 5 to 10 range in terms of the prospects uh, from the 2024 draft. Again, this is a very, very early look. So the depth of our knowledge about this 2024 class will only get better, especially around August, September, October, when we've actually seen a lot more of these guys in their draft year. Very in other important. words, this is not a ranking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> making that very clear. Not a ranking. The top, <laughs> the top five, I'd say, is is pretty solid in terms of how they're going to be ranked, uh, at least at the start of this. But as we go through five to fifteen, this is not a ranking. This is just us ratting, rattling off names that we think have value. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so at the top of that list, a guy who was, you know kind of considered within that kind of first overall range and at you know last year in uh, at the very start of the year uh would be Aron Kiviharyu 
um, left-handed defenseman out of uh, uh, Finland. He played with TPS uh, last year, but he's making a switch to HIFK, which will be very, very good for his development. Um, there was a lot of pre-draft hype. There are some concerns in some specific areas, uh, but for me, the skill level just puts him in the top five conversation. He's definitely one of these guys who... You'll either see solidify himself as a top three option or will completely fall off and become kind of that Timothy Liljegren type player who just falls really deep uh, within that first round, potentially even that early second. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think anything is possible with Kibi Haru right now. I think yep. he's at a bit of a crossroads in this offseason. I'm very curious to see how he starts uh, his actual draft year because, yeah, the, the pre-draft hype has been absurd. He... In the what the 2022 uh, World Junior Championship, so yeah. not yeah, like two World Juniors ago, like like U20s, he was ridiculous for Finland, and mm-hmm. uh, he was really standing out as a true 16 year old. And there's 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 a reason that we're excited for this prospect, but I hadn't seen too much progression out of his game between his 16 and 17 year old seasons. Yeah. Uh, I think that the TPS system isn't necessarily always the strongest for developing young talent. Uh, so I'm sure that that played a bit of a role. I'm very curious to see what his transfer will entail in terms of, of how he develops as a prospect. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm excited. I, I, I always like a fun, electrifying, puck-moving defenseman. So Kibi yeah. Haru is most definitely a player I'm going to keep a very, very close eye on this season. Absolutely. We love those offensive defensemen. Now, moving on to Sam Dickinson, a left-handed defenseman out of the London Knights. Got a lot of viewings on him. Uh, big mobile defenseman, uh, very rare that you can find as good of a skater as Dickinson at his size, uh, really good in terms of lateral mobility, really good at defending the rush, but he's got some untapped offensive potential as well. Um, I feel like in last year's draft, he would have probably gone in the 20 to 25 range given what was available, but the value is definitely there in terms of what you're getting from Dickinson. Um, you know, it, it's a very good defenseman draft. Uh, and if he can show a bit more progression, a bit more potential as the year goes on, which he probably will, um, given that Logan Mayu is probably not coming back uh, and he's going to have more opportunities within that top four. I'd say you're definitely getting a player who's within that top 10 range. Uh, absolutely. Um, but you've watched a lot more of him than I have. Uh, what's your kind of take on uh, Dickinson and what he can bring to the table, you know, in the future? I wouldn't say I've watched a lot, lot more. I've seen him a lot in passing, I think. But mm-hmm. in, in terms of of actual like zoned in viewings of him, I think I've logged two. It's very early days still, but uh, mm-hmm. I I like what I've seen. He reminds me a little bit of Dmitry Simashev in some ways, in terms of that the size, mobility, um, defensive prowess, and untapped offensive potential. Yeah. Just as kind of like a the profile rather than a direct comparison. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very curious to see what he does in bigger minutes because he was really sheltered, not not through fault of his own. He just he was behind in the depth chart. And yeah. I mean, guys like Isaiah George were also ahead of him, uh, understandably, because Isaiah George is an awesome OHL defenseman. Yeah. Uh, uh, if he's already showing these little flashes of D minus one, I'd like to see a step up in that in his draft year. And if, if there isn't that step, then there's some more questions around how projectable those flashes really are uh mm-hmm. but so far I've, I've liked the little bit i've seen yeah absolutely then we've got uh tanner howe who was connor bedard's left winger in regina uh he's a 2024 nhl draft eligible and very very skilled um extremely smart 
you know, not the the biggest or more imposing player, not necessarily the fastest, but just the combination of intelligence and, and puck skills is really good. It was a great complement to the way that Connor Bedard plays the game as well. Um, the ability to to find space and Bedard's just insanely good at finding players in space. Um, and Howe was really good as well at finding Bedard in space. So they were both complementing each other in that sense very, very well. Um, he's most likely going to be a top 10 pick, uh, especially if he can build off his production from last year and show that he wasn't just a product of playing with Bedard. He's definitely going to be an option within that top 10 for a team that's looking for intelligence and skill. But then we got Cole Hudson, another Hudson, oh, uh, Lane Hudson's <laughs> brother, uh, left-handed defenseman, very, very similar to Lane Hudson, uh, but kind of an exaggerated version of him at both ends. So he's a better skater than Lane Hudson for sure. Significantly. Significantly better skater than Lane Hudson. Um, very, very skilled, about as skilled as Hudson as, as Lane Hudson, uh, more or less, uh, but also a lot worse defensively. So he, he's kind of a one-dimensional defenseman in terms of the skill that he brings he's not really going to shut down opposing uh forwards or anything like that but really a extremely extremely skilled defenseman who could very well challenge for a top 10 spot especially if teams become more confident in his his defensive production but it really all depends on what he does this year with the ntdp what he shows defensively the progressions that he can bring uh to the game because you know if if lane hudson's any indication of how cole hudson goes you're gonna have a potential um you know a conference leading scorer uh mm. out of uh, out of cole hudson and the ncaa as a defenseman so definitely a possibility uh any other thoughts on cole hudson oh yeah always uh he, he i think is a lot more refined offensively than lane was at the same age he's also yeah. younger uh in terms of like draft year than, than lane was mm-hmm. uh and despite that he's a lot more refined than his offensive movements he's he's way more fluid he i think has a better or more conscious understanding of, of how to create offense mm-hmm. whereas lane even in his draft year was often it, it wasn't always the most planned but he he kind of stumble into a plan and then because he's so intelligent he'd make it work and yeah. and, and 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 it was great mm-hmm. but i think cole hudson has a bit of a higher offensive ceiling perhaps and uh he's doing it at a younger age and it's been super fun to watch uh because yep. again it's it's like lane hudson if he could skate at a significantly above average level and in the offensive zone, that's great to watch. I, I, I uh, perhaps have not uh, <laughs> tried to zone in too much on the defensive game just yet, just to, to kind of enjoy the, the fun of it. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the defense isn't the strongest, as you said, mm-hmm. but uh, the offensive is truly electrifying. Yeah, it's, it's just next level. Um, I, I think he's up there. You know, he's probably the, the most high upside offensive player uh, on defense out of this draft. So. Definitely great value there. Then we've got Zane Parekh, a right-handed defenseman out of the Saginaw Spirit in the OHL. Um, great shot, uh, very electrifying skater as well. He's kind of a, a beta version of Cole Hudson. Um, kind of the same profile, a guy who's just extremely, extremely fun to watch. Um, but going to, going the other end, you're not getting much out of them. Uh, so we kind of put them together in that same kind of category of really really fun players to watch and scout um as just a fan of the game but once you start honing in on the defensive side of things it it breaks down fairly quickly um but we'll get into the kind of 10 to 15 range uh some of the later later end guys from the first from the top half of the first round uh we'll we'll get into those guys and kind of give you a, a final breakdown of what to expect out of this draft what kind of profiles of players are most available and and what kind of needs your team can fill we'll get into all of that 
uh, very soon right after these messages. All right, so to end things off, our third segment will be about the kind of uh, 10 to 15 range of this draft uh, for 2024. Guys who will be available, you know, in the mid first round and, and guys who mostly can fill some needs for teams. Um, so we're talking about, you know, if your team needs a power forward wing or if your team needs a, a right handed D, uh, a lot of stuff like that. We'll be breaking down some of these guys. Again, it's a very, very early kind of breakdown of this draft. So there's a lot of viewings left to, to get in. Uh, but we'll we'll kind of have a lot more information about these players as the year goes on. These are just preliminary viewings on guys we've watched a couple times. So, um, talk talk me through Carter Yakumchuk for starters out of the uh, Calgary Hitmen in the uh, WHL. I thought he was the best defenseman at the U18s for Canada, uh, yep. which doesn't mean too much. It was a it was a rough rough showing for that that blue line core, but. He would really impress me. And every time he's on the ice, I was like, wait, who's that defenseman again? I was like, ah, oh, D minus one, damn it. But <laughs> uh, but no, he, he's 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 been really, really solid in my viewings. He has a great shot, he's quite physically imposing, quite co cool under pressure in my viewings. <laughs> uh, plays a solid, refined game. He's one of the oldest players in this draft class, so you want him to be rather refined and to have that. The, the runway that he had in the past, that he's used it to get ahead of the curve yeah. in terms of how refined he is and, and, and how, how he plays the game. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't watched too, too much. It's been mainly that U18s viewing. I think I got one WHL viewing of, of him. And mm -hmm. it's all been very, very positive so far for me. So I've liked him, uh, but it's still a big question mark as in, is he a top 15 caliber or a first round caliber? That's all a bit, bit gray still for now. Yeah, and that's one thing I really look for with... Uh players especially d minus one players playing in uh international tournaments like the u18 worlds like the healing Gretzky cup i look for mental elements because it's so easy to get carried away with needing to impress and needing to to, to leave kind of a, a good impression because you want to be there next year that kind of thing i look for composure i look for you know smart um kind of delay plays and stuff like that things that usually players who are looking to impress won't do um, so that that definitely kind of shows a lot of promise with what Yakimchuk brings to the game. Um, but then a Norwegian player, we don't get a lot of those in the in top 15s. Um, Michael Branzak Nugard, um, a right winger out of uh Mora IK, um, played most of the year last year in the Alsvenskan, the Swedish second division. Um, also played some games at their U20 level, but we'll we'll probably spend all year um for 2023-24 at the men's level, which is really good for him because he's a big kind of strong puck protecting power forward type of player. Um, but he's also got some refined playmaking skills, a great shot. Um, he fits that power forward mold, but not to the expense of finesse and skill, which is something I really like out of him. Uh, scouts we really respect, like Lassie Allenen, really, really like this guy. Um, and that kind of led me to get a couple of viewings in of him and seeing what the hype is about. And I'm definitely on board with that. He's for me, he's a top 15 lock, um, but it's very, very early. We never know who comes out of the blue. So, um, he's a player that I will keep a very, very close eye on out of uh, out of the Swedish uh, Hockey League, uh, the Swedish second division. But then you've also got Igor Chernyshov, who's a bit of the same mold of player. He's a player I scouted very recently, um, you know, watched a couple games of his uh, from the MHL. MHL games are available on YouTube, by the way. So if you're ever interested in getting a kind of a leg up on scouting, try to look for some some players that are available for the 2024 draft who are, who are playing in the MHL uh, and go look for those games. They're quite easy to find. 
Uh, but yeah, Chernyshov is another kind of power forward winger. He's got great puck protection. He's got solid skill and tight. He's able to get out of trouble really well. Um, but he's also got a great shot from in tight. So what you really usually get out of him is a net front presence, especially on the uh, on the power play. But he's got the intensity level. He's got the effort level. He's got the awareness and the scanning habits to play on the penalty kill as well, which he has in the MHL. Um, and usually he's able to get out of the net front. He, he's usually kind of the net front guy who's, who's, you know, kind of shielding the goalie's view. But he's able to kind of hop into the, the the dot and get a shot off real quick, which is really impressive as well. So a really kind of well-rounded skill set, which I really like to see from him. The only problem with, with Chernyshov that I've seen so far is that his top speed handling is really rough. Uh, so he he can he can do some quick handles in tight and get out of trouble. But when he's skating at full speed, what he usually does is he he knows that it's an issue, so he'll delegate to his to his teammates off the rush. And what you usually like to see from a winger is a guy who's able to carry the puck up the ice, which I haven't seen in my viewings of him. Right. So um, that's one thing about him, and he's also kind of. Uh, you know, he's kind of limited in terms of what he can see when he's moving at full speed. So he's mainly the type of guy who's going to recover pucks, move him quickly to his teammates and then skate up the ice. That's mainly what you're getting out of him. Um, now, there's also Adam Yurichek. Uh I'll let you take it away on on Yurichek. Uh Very, very interesting player. Uh, I don't think there's a relation to David Yurichek, but he's another right handed defenseman out of uh, out of Czechia. Is there no relation? I thought I thought he was a, the younger brother, I'll, but I could I'll have just made that up. up. I'll look that up. We'll We're gonna have to check this because. Yeah, but take it away in the meantime. <laughs> uh, yeah, like in my my one and a half or so viewings of Adam Yurichek, he's been pretty good. I I like the mobility. He plays a little bit stylistically like David, which perhaps was reinforcing my my idea that they are related. You were all right. They are related. He's his younger Boom. brother. Look good. at you. Okay, good. Let's go. good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't off on that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so the, the the skating is a strength, just like it is with with David. He's quite strong and defensively reliable despite having a lot of growing room left with his frame i believe he's what he's under like he's, he's around or under 160 pounds he's quite yeah. light still uh but he's toolsy he's he, i've seen some really really high and stretch passes out of him uh through multiple layers of defense uh against pro competition and uh at the same time, when he's moving at high speeds, he can miss passing lanes, and there's still definitely a lot of growing room offensively there. Yeah. I think as of right now, he projects better defensively than he does offensively, mm -hmm. which isn't dissimilar to how David Yerchek was going into his draft year. He developed yep. that offensive game a lot in his draft year, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe Adam could do the same, but it's always tough to apply the development model of a sibling onto another sibling. It's yeah. not really fair to them. Uh, but in my viewings, Adam Yurchik has, has been very, very strong. And uh, again, even if they hadn't been related, I think he, has, he deserves a spot on this list. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing I want to mention about Yurchik that I've noticed really well is he's got a wicked shot from the point. Um, could really kind of fire sure. it both off the slapper and the wrister. Um, he scored 12 goals in 41 games in the Czech U20 league last year as a 17, 16, 17 year old. So. God only knows what he's going to be doing this year. Um, he also played 12 pro games, which is really impressive yeah. uh, for a 16, 17-year-old. But moving on to the last guy we want to mention for the kind of top 15-ish, again, not a ranking at all, um, and very early kind of evaluation of these guys. But one guy I've noticed um, out of the QMJHL, having been the QMJHL scout for Dauber Prospects, is Maxim Mossi, a right winger out of the Shikutsumi Sagnia. He's a very very good scorer and off puck mover really good at finding space and exploiting it in the offensive zone 
His puck protection is good as well. Uh, for me, it's just outside of that. He's kind of a, a one-dimensional kind of specialist in that sense where he's really good at finding space, really good at scoring, but not the most intelligent playmaker. Um, and, you know, he's got a decent skating stride, but nothing that blows you out of the water. So, again, this is a very early kind of evaluation of these guys, and there's a lot left to watch. But Mosse is one guy who I think would almost definitely deserves a spot in the top 15 just based on how good he is at finding space and scoring. Um, so that's pretty much our wrap up of the kind of very early look at the 2024 NHL draft and what you can kind of expect. So I think that the two categories that you can kind of you're pretty sure to get out of, you know, this draft in terms of likelihood of filling a need would probably be right handed defensemen, well, defensemen overall, um, and then uh, power forwards. Right. I think I think those are the two kind of categories of players especially if you're drafting in the top 15 you're almost definitely leaving the draft with one of those two kind of molds of players right yeah i, I would agree i think there, there are also some high-end left shot defensemen i mean mm -hmm. we went over uh, a handful of them as well but yeah. but there, there, there definitely is a bit of a balance between right shot and left shot which you don't always see uh but yeah. i i think that it's it really is a class of of either defensemen or power forward wingers for the vast majority. We have very, very few centers listed on our top 15 right now. Yeah. And last year, rare. yeah. And last year, you know, 2023 was a draft for centers, right? So exactly. it, it kind of changes every year. And I'm really excited to see what kind of happens as we move forward. But this has been it for today's episode. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe uh, and leave us a comment. If you're watching on, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to make us your first listen of the day for our every dayers uh we're doing three days a week so far at the end of july we're gonna have three episodes out next week we'll give you a breakdown of how that goes probably gonna have another mailbag monday uh on next monday so make sure to tune in for then in the meantime this has been hattie kalakesh and sebastian high and I hope you tune in next time